Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Quick reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about six packs, three packs, and other weird things search engines do. And joining us in that conversation is another Webmaster Radio Show host, Mr. Dave Davies of Beanstalk IM. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It is a pleasure to uh, pleasure to be on. Awesome, awesome. And for those of you, for those that don't listen to your show, maybe you could quickly tell us what show do you host on Webmaster Radio? Sure. I host uh, Webcology with my co-host Jim Hedger on Thursdays at uh, 2 Eastern, just covering pretty much news, interviews. Uh, if, it, if it involves the web, that's what we talk about. All right. I love it. I love it. This is kind of like the Flintstones and Jetsons like crossover episode here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, see, now I'm getting nostalgic, but... Uh, you know, there we're talking about the past, and I guess, uh, you know, we're supposed, we're supposed to be talking about the present and the future, aren't we? All right. Well, cool. Well, so then, since you're the guest, I'll take on the Flintstone persona, and you can take on the Jetson <laughs> persona. How about that? <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. So, in, the ep- in this episode, what we're going to be covering just for everybody else um, is basically Dave's going to unpack the different ways search engines, particularly Google not only rank, but display those search results. And for those of you that have been paying attention, obviously there's a big difference in what top rank means depending on the layout of a search result. So Dave's gonna unpack that for us and he's gonna give us some insights into how you can optimize to make sure your content is front and center in those new weird search layouts. 
So Dave, uh, kick off the show, asked this question of every guest, but what is your WordPress origin story? When was the first time you touched all this WordPress stuff? Whew. That long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess it was probably when I was thrown one from a client and I'm going to be honest. Um, like when I first had one thrown at me, like a, like a WordPress site, I, I've never been a huge fan cause we're going back far enough. I was never a huge fan of any kind of content management system. Like I just wasn't right. Like why not just use includes and you know, I mean, that's, that's the zone I was in control my code, get it done. Um, and I was thoroughly impressed right? By, by the ease of it. And especially when I'm having to deal with clients who need to be able to edit their own, their own content. So, you know, I immediately went, Oh, okay. Um, and then I started to recommend it when I knew clients needed to edit their stuff. And, and then it became a, is a proof in the pudding. So I moved our site over to WordPress um, and have been, you know, I mean, it is you know, your themes, depending on the theme, you know, these are, these are, you know, can be bulky. There's, there's some maintenance you need to do on them, some housekeeping on, on most of them, but you know, I, I've been, I've been thrilled with it. And one of the things I always try and remember and that I, that I impress on clients when they're like talking about whether they want to go over there or not is they control. Now, last I know it was like 26% of the web, right? I mean, it's probably more now. 32 um, to 33% now, actually. So 30, and, and you have to think, or at least I do, with that percentage of the web, Google has to crawl it well. <laughs> it's sort of a default that you know Google has to respond um, to WordPress well. Um, and now we, we find out they're even um, with the um, insights tool, they're working with WordPress to come up with specific recommendations for WordPress. It's that important, right, to, to Google, that they're now working with WordPress to come up with specific page speed recommendations for WordPress itself. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's, it's just sort of the, the go-to. And now anytime I'm dealing with sites that are in a different content management system, I, it's familiarity, right? I'm like, ugh. So Dave, I'm curious, you know, Beanstalk IM, I'm guessing that has, uh, you focus a lot there on digital marketing. I'm guessing a lot on SEO and SEM. Is that about right? Yeah, we got our start um, in 2004 as exclusively SEO. I did a little bit of, of of paid search, but that was, it was overture, right? <laughs> um, you know, to put a <clears throat> timeline on that. Um, and, and yeah, I have, have just by necessity evolved into a lot more paid um, and, and some social media uh, management as well, because as, as anybody, I'm sure you're well aware, it's all so interconnected now that you can't really just do one, right? Like I need, I need paid and, and, uh, and social, to help with link building and to, to reinforce, you know, brand identity for organic. It's an interesting world now. It's, it's far more interesting than it was, um, you know, back in, in 2003, 2004. I remember those days, a lot less options, a lot less vectors of uh, opportunity too, uh, but now a lot more work. So all this stuff you have to pay attention to. And a matter of fact, one of the things you have to pay attention to is this evolving SERP landscape. You know, back in the day, it was top 10 lists, you know, 10 results with my one, two, three, or four, whatever. And, and now there's all kinds of variety of, of ways that people presented information in search results. So uh, getting in our way back machine, like when did search engines start moving away from this top 10 list model? And why did they do that? Um, 
I think we're responsible for the why. And it's been a, a slow evolution. Like if we go to when have they been moving away from it? Google would, would have been inspired starting in like 99 to move away from it for, for very obvious reasons. They want to keep their users. And fair enough, they are their users. And we have to understand that. These are Google's users. They lend them to us, right? Like that's, that's how this, this landscape works. They're not our users. They're Google's users when it comes to, to search. Um, Google wants to maintain control of, of those users, which is understandable because on your own property, you can, you can craft the experience better. Um, and we think of them as a search engine. They're not a search engine. They're, they're an advertising engine, and they happen to provide search results as, as the thing to entice you know, impressions. <laughs> like that's, that's all that they're doing. Um, and so by skewing um, you know, more towards featured snippets where, where they're answering the questions, right? And, and, and providing layouts that control the experience, they sort of serve themselves two purposes. One is they can keep the user, right? Like if I'm looking up, you know, weather, Victoria, BC, I never actually leave Google, right? Like there, there it is, unless I want like the long-term forecast. Generally, I'm, I'm going to be pretty content. I can look out my window. I can see what the sky looks like. Now I know the temperature and I'm, I'm good to go. Um, but beyond that, even when they're looking at enticing clicks, we know Google is looking to constantly improve the relevancy of their search results, be them paid or, or organic. If they can provide me more information to make a more intelligent click, um, even if it's, it's me self-filtering by providing me a little more information, you know, they, they just started putting, um, you know, images in the site links, right? For example, that was, that was last week. Um, now I can see a visual representation of the section that I'm, I'm looking to. I can make a more intelligent decision as to whether I want to click on that site link, um, which makes me a more intelligent clicker, which means I'm going to be more satisfied with the, with the search results, which is going to keep me coming back. So whether they're trying to keep me on Google because they can control my experience and they know they put a lot of money and, and time into crafting the user experience there, or helping refine me as a user to land on properties that better fulfill my intents. That's really what they're trying to push to because of course, the more satisfied the user, whether they're on Google or not, the more likely that that searcher is to go back to Google, the more likely they are to click on an ad and, and, and increase Google's revenue. And so far they're doing pretty good quarter over quarter. Right yeah, so their, it's really interesting to think about that, right? Like obviously, there's the commercial uh, kind of intent, which is to keep the user's eyeballs. But at the same time, the path to that is to give the user what they need. And so kind of Google's presented with this notion that, hey, look, we need to provide more context. We need to provide more information in the search results to make it more valuable to the user. And also in a way that helps drive value for them in terms of repeat visitors or perhaps keeping that eyeball on uh, eyeballs on Google.com. Um, I think it makes sense, right? It's not just this commercial exercise. It's also a commercial exercise that's coupled um, with what they're trying to do to make things as convenient as possible for the user. I think that's good context for understanding kind of why this is happening and around about the time when, when this all starts to evolve. Um, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to unpack a little bit more about what these results look like, these layouts look like, and what people can do to optimize for them. So everyone hang tight, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Dave Davies of Beanstalk IM about six packs, three three packs, and other weird ways search engines show results. And Dave, right before the break, you were giving us a little bit of a breakdown about why search engines have moved away from the kind of air quote, top 10 list model into more complex ways of laying out search results. So I'm just curious, and I know there's you know multiple search engines. Um, we'll focus a little bit on Google for this next set. But what are some examples of the different flavors of layouts that Google uses to show results? Well, it really depends on the query, which is what I find fascinating and what users or, or website owners um, can really capitalize on. Um, so if you run a, a query Google's trying to extrapolate your intent, of course, right? So if it has a, a localized intent, you know, that's where you start to see those, what was the map pack, now the snack pack. Um, for listeners who, who predate that, that switch, they used to show six or seven um, results in it. They reduced it down to three. We'd called it a, a map pack, so we switched it to snack pack because it was smaller. Um, what, so what they're looking for there is obviously that localized intent. So, so there they go. Um, we've got, um, you know, one client who is a publisher, um, not, well, actually, I guess, coincidentally, they're also a client of yours. Um, we're now we're looking more towards the featured snippets and news results, right? So, and, and we're all familiar with, with those, you get the, the, the sort of news, uh, you know, sort of breakout area within the search results. Um, you get the featured snippet up at the top. 
Um, and, and those are the areas where, I mean, there's, there's among, among many others. If you look, um, one of my favorite queries um, is American Civil War. Um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite to use as an example or any query around the Civil War because that's where you'll start to see, if you want to see an interesting layout that really shows not just what different layout options there exist. I mean, the, the, the queries tend to have videos in them, images in them. Um, but if you look down towards the bottom, if you want to understand how search engines work, that's where you're going to start to see how search engines work because towards the bottom of it, you start to see other examples of military conflicts, for example, and, and it lists out um, you know, a variety of Spanish Civil War, whatever, it, it, it changes what's, what's down there. But what this is really telling us is two things. One, it can give us an understanding, or, or why I'm fascinated with these things, is it gives us an understanding of what Google presumes the user's intents are, which can help us understand what formats we should be putting our content into. If Google's showing videos, for example, for a query that you're, you're targeting, if they're putting image um, image results into, into the search results, if they're putting video, if they're putting news, if they're putting tweets um, throughout there, that tells us a lot about what they think the user's intent would be, that, that, that they're various and, and that different users for that are going to want different types of content formatting. Um, so we need to know that so that we can either produce it or respond to it, be the best alternative that isn't like that, right? I mean, sometimes you're like, no, I can't create a video. Maybe you don't have the resources to create a video, but you need to be the best thing that is outside of that, assuming that the user's intent isn't, isn't a video. Um, what it also tells us is how Google sees the world, which I find incredibly fascinating. Like you, you look down at the bottom and see other military conflicts when, when you look up the American Civil War, for example. Um, it's, it's telling us a lot about, I mean, I, I talk about them a lot as entities, um, but it's helping us understand how users or how Google is, is connecting the dots um, on the way the world works. When we start to see them pulling in images, okay, what kinds of images are, are, are they pulling into a, a specific result? How accurate are those images? Um, you can even study the images if, if it's in a competition that's important to you and go, okay, are how are they choosing those images? How are they choosing these videos? What entities are they showing down at the bottom? Um, you know, I looked up American Civil War and it's tying it into other military conflicts. So now I'm understanding that Google's connecting the dots as military conflicts as an entity structure and then putting in a bunch of different types of military conflicts um, into that. It's telling me a little bit about, well, actually quite a bit about how Google structures the world around it. As a website owner, um, what's incredibly valuable about this is keeping a constant monitor on which snippets are there, not just to understand, um, you know, what type of content formats Google is, is viewing as likely to fulfill these users' intents for queries that you're interested in, uh, but also to look for, for just pure opportunities. Are they putting tweets in there? Are they putting news in there? If they're putting news in there, are you a news source? Should you be going through the publisher network, right? All of these sorts of things, and it's just letting us know okay, what, what areas of opportunity they are. It's not, a, to, to your point from earlier, it's not just a top 10 list anymore. You don't need to restrict your thought process to this list of 10 links. Um, you can be the image result. You can be the video result. You can be, there's a lot of opportunity now, and if you don't know that opportunity and you stay focused on, here's my ranking report, and it showed me I moved from three to four, that's bad. Maybe, but maybe you got the featured snippet in the meantime. So right, maybe you've got summarize, news. So I've had to summarize this, this, these thoughts. It's, it's generally that the, 
different flavors of layouts and search results are contextually driven, right? A local search is going to have something different than say a research topic like the Civil War. Something you may infer video content being more valuable for might be different than something where um, say news articles might be more valuable. And so it sounded like generally speaking, you don't even really always know what you're gonna get or even know how it might change in the future. So it feels like you were just kind of advising there to RTF SERPs or read the freaking SERPs for the search terms um, that you're targeting and see what those layouts are and then see generally where the opportunities are to try to optimize to get this place or the other. Well, exactly. And I mean, you can look at featured snippets are, are one of my favorite areas too. I, I'd say game, but you're not actually gaming it because you're producing a, a good result, um, is looking to them and when, when they first started coming out and I was first looking at optimizing for featured snippets, and it's a, it's a topic I think a lot of people are interested in, I would look to what format are they doing? Okay, let's produce better content in that format, you know, include all the schema and, and make sure it's formatted on the page, make it easy to understand that you can pull this out as a definition or, or a summary. Um, they're more important to me now because voice search often is pulling from the, from the featured snippet. Um, what I then started to do, and, and it, is working significantly well, um, and, and I tell my clients too, and, and anybody who, who cares to have featured snippets is, don't just look to what is there, because Google sometimes just has to go with the best of available options, right? So if you look and go, okay, this featured snippet is formatting as a paragraph. Well, yes, and old Dave would have gone, okay, I need to produce a better paragraph. <laughs> like than, than that one and format it and, and structure it such that, that it's, it, it's going to be known to be a superior um, snippet. But the fact is, if it's going to be a list, if the best possible result would be a list, um, then format it as a list, right? And, and just produce a better list because sometimes Google is just picking a kind of okay thing because there isn't a good thing. Um, so if you know that inherently for a specific type of question, a list would be better or a different format would be better, then come up with that. Produce the best version. Use all available markup to make sure that it's very, very clear what it is um, and, and go with it. Um, if you have an opportunity, I, I try and keep them to around 30 words or less if it's going to be a paragraph. And if you're going with a list, look at how long a, a list would would appear and then make it two more, right? Like that's just a little trick I like to do, right? We've all seen them where like a list goes and then it shows for more. Well, don't give the full list then, right? Like if it's a recipe, add a couple steps in there so that the list doesn't quite finish and they need to click. And like, so you can attract the click there. Anyway, that's that's getting off on on sort of click optimizing the snippets. The yeah, that's probably a whole other uh, episode <laughs> exploring those techniques. But, uh, but generally, I mean, I thought that was a really interesting way to think about it because, you know, a lot of people do, you know, look at SERPs and say, oh, I need to copy this or be better than that. And, uh, you know, it sounded like what you were just advising there was that, well, no, that's not always true. Like if a list makes more sense and you see a paragraph in a snippet, then go with the list model um, because that may be what's best for the user and Google's just kind of dealing with what they have in terms of the index, the content that they've indexed and are showing in the SERPs. Um, and so I guess if I was to summarize that, it would, it would almost be like write your content for the user uh, rather than the search engine in a sense. Well, that's exactly right. I know I have a client who had recipes and the featured snippet for this recipe when you looked it up was a paragraph and I went, that doesn't make sense. It's a recipe. It's supposed to be a list. So we produced a list, put all the recipe markup in there and <laughs> requested it through search console. And literally about five minutes later, we had replaced the featured snippet because it made more sense, but Google didn't have the best possible layout. So 
they had to go with what they what they had. Um, so that's really interesting to hear. I think that's really sage advice because again, I know so many people that just look and copy and try to make it a little better, stuff some keywords and not really deliver a lot of additional value. And that's really a losing game, as you know, many of us know, in SEO. Um, I want to get deeper into this, particularly around your favorite tools for optimizing sites, uh, for making sure they have the right markup to show up in all those weird search results. Um, but everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys. I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay, let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm interviewing Dave Davies of Beanstalk IM about weird search results and what you can do to optimize your sites to get the best presence there. Um, Dave, right before the break, you were giving some really on-point tips about how to optimize your content to um, gain that visibility in search results, things like writing lists instead of paragraphs for snippets when it makes sense. The recipe example, I thought that was really on point. Um, you touched a, lo a little bit on schema there, um, a couple of other techniques 
but I really kind of want to dig into the tools you use for this. What are your favorite tools for marking up your sites or reviewing them or optimizing them for showing up in these weird results on Google? Um, when it comes to, I mean, you know, probably like you, like probably a lot of our, our listeners here, I have a, just a battery of tools, right? <laughs> like of, of different tools that I use for, for different purposes. Um, for schema specifically, which is what we're talking about, because that relates a lot to, in, in my experience anyway, um, with featured snippets. Um, it, it's, it's not, just to be clear to, to listeners, it's not necessary. You can get featured snippets without them. It certainly assists Google in understanding the format of your page and what it is. So you're just sort of giving them an additional piece of information um, and, and it can certainly help. Um, so my favorite tools when it comes to markup um, and, and schema markup is, this is you know maybe not gonna be everybody's favorite answer um, because it's, it's a tough one, is the structured data testing tool from Google, right? It's, it's the one that you test and make sure your markup's gonna work okay. Uh, and schema.org. Um, if you go down into any set of schema or most sets of schema, it, it is absent from some, um, down towards the bottom, they show some examples of the schema from that page uh, or, or from that schema set. Um, so basically, if I'm creating schema for any specific topic, my first point, I mean, if I don't have an experience in it and, and just already have examples, I can copy and paste, but um, I will usually just go down, find the schema I want in schema.org, go down to the bottom, um, grab one of their samples, because this is a known good sample, drop it into the schema testing tool, which is Google, right? Like this is, this is their schema markup testing tool. Um, drop it in there, see what fails, what warnings, what errors, because there will be some schema changes and, and what Google wants changes over time. So there may be some errors in there. Um, and then just start back on the schema page itself. And you need to familiarize yourself with the way their syntax works a little bit, but it's, it's pretty clear from the examples and the errors you're going to get. And then just go down and every different thing that I can apply. So it's like a big list of here's all the different things you can put into this specific set of recipe schema. Everything that applies, add it, right? Like you, it, it sounds simplistic, but if it applies, put it in. Sometimes it doesn't apply. Sometimes you don't have data. You know, you can't fill every different type of schema into, into every different, you know, sort of markup set. But if it applies, put it in because you never get into trouble for giving Google more information in the schema than they need for a specific, uh, you know, thing. Um, you know, and, and as soon as it validates, drop it on the page. Always test your page after it validates. <laughs> like I know I shouldn't have to say that, but it's like a robots file or an HT access file, right? Like always test as soon as you do it. Um, you know, test the page, make sure it still validates when it's on the site and, and, and go from there. Um, there's some great um, plugins um, that can help like in, in WordPress, there's like schema.org actually is like a plugin. Right? <laughs> you can, you can, you can drop on there and it'll pre-fill some of the, the, the core schema for you, your organizational schema. Um, you know, you can drop in, um, you know, for, for the, for the client that we share, um, you know, it, it just auto creates the, the schema for tech article, right? Like, so Dave, I'm going to throw a little curveball to you here. And sure and uh, break the fourth wall a little bit. But um, as we've re recording this episode today, just hour here in early April, hours ago, Yoast released new uh, schema features into their plugin. I'm curious if in the last few hours of this being hot off the presses, if you've had an opportunity to read up on it or 
even try out uh, the new version of Yoast with the new schema features? Now, I have not. Um, and you know what's really, really funny about that is I was in Yoast just yesterday connecting it with, with because they, they recommended specific other plugins for schema. Um, and literally yesterday. So of course, go figure that it was yesterday morning, not this morning. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I was walking around just messing with my phone and I saw a tweet from uh, Yoast himself. And I was like, oh my goodness, we're recording this episode later. I wish I had time to research it. We'll have to maybe bring someone from Yoast on to talk about it a little bit on another episode. But, uh, you know, definitely, I think if, if folks are, are looking at it, I mean, first off, Yoast definitely knows what he's doing. Product's super solid. So I would personally expect he's done a good job here. The team's done a good job here. So I'm really kind of looking forward to that. Well, Dave, I really wish we had more time. This is all super interesting. I think you've shared some really valuable tips on how people should think about those weird search results and how they should optimize their sites for that. But I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. And if you'd like to learn more about what Dave's up to, you can check out uh, his site at beanstalkim.com. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can always download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. This has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.